You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. This is Diana Lear, and today we have Luciana Abide. She is an artist based in Los Angeles, and um, welcome, Luciana. Thank you. I want to start out the beginning of your career because you were you were starting out in a different country. Yes, I'm originally from Argentina. Okay. Um, so I moved first to Miami at the end of the 1990s. I lived in Miami for eight years, and then I moved to Los Angeles in 2005. So okay. I've been living in Los Angeles for 17 years. Okay. Some people say that that's enough time to be a local <laughs> or native, Los Angelino. And so um, I want to tell the audience a bit about your work, like what, how you started and grew your journey to where you are and mm-hmm. what you're doing now. You have a lot of, sh- you're showing your work on a large public scale, large projections and photographs that you work on. So take me back to the very beginning. Wow. Um, so uh, I went to the uh, School of Fine Arts in Argentina, and it's a very traditional and academic um, education, very European style. And um, I always painted, and I painted with oils, <laughs> very in a very traditional manner. And um, and I used photographs as references for my paintings. Um, then I moved to Miami, and um, and I started being involved in different shows. I became a resident artist of um, Ulit Arts. At the moment, it was called Art Center South Florida in Miami Beach. And I started being invited to shows, and I had to produce art a little bit faster. And the work needed to dry a little bit faster. So I went from oil painting to acrylic painting. And in 2001, um, I had an underwater camera. The first underwater cameras, were, which were those cameras that you bought at, uh, at pharmacies and that were disposable. And I, I had gone on a vacation somewhere and I had some um, shots left when we used film. And um, I went into a pool in Miami and I had goggles. And I started, just for fun, photographing the underwater in swimming pools. And... I was mesmerized by what I saw and I found it totally fascinating. Then I developed the photographs and I had them in my studio and I was hoping to use those photographs as references for paintings. And at that moment, um, the curator of the Rubel collection in Miami, his name was Mark Coetzee, um, regularly visited our studios in Miami Beach and I showed these photographs to him. And I told him, I don't know, I mean, they are so beautiful and I don't know what, how to transfer them into a painting or I don't know exactly how, what to do. I, I was trying to figure out because my style was, I was painting really dark rooms. It was a totally different style. And he said, uh, you don't need to, you, to transfer these photographs into a painting, but these photographs are the artwork themselves. Uh, so that's what really changed my art practice, that, that phrase, that advice. And um, from that moment on, I started using photographs as part of my work, or as the basis of my work. Um, 
And actually, this work that you see here is from this earlier series of um, the underwater uh, in swimming pools. And what I was fascinated was not water in itself in that moment, but it was the architectural spaces that I found underwater. I had been painting rooms with ladders, and I found that swimming pools were rooms filled with water and ladders. Right. So, and my scenes also that I had been painting were very surreal and theatrical. And what I found was that because of the light that was shining through the surface of the water, I could find the same surrealism just by itself there in those pools. And that was a very successful series that I did for many, many years. And because I was coming from the painting world, I, I still wanted to paint over the surface of the photograph. So I printed those photographs on canvas and then I worked with acrylic over the surface. So all those paintings, all those works from the swimming pool series are mixed media and that's how everything started. And then I started working with different themes of nature. So it sounds like your total concept of being an artist changed when the, when the, when the doors opened into the photograph itself being an artwork to be the basis and then it's led to this whole, um, it's led on a path that has continued to evolve. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think photography opened so many different doors. I mean, it's a discovery, uh, as you may agree with me. Uh, I think technology, when we use it in a good manner, it opens so many doors for creativity. But I think the important thing, or what I always have in mind, is not to let technology take over the artwork, right. but use it as a tool for your creativity. And um, I still want my work to have the soul of the artist, yeah. to have that touch of the artist, the, the, to feel that there was an artist there, not, not that it was just a computer creating the artwork. So tell me about your foray into nature, because I know the environment is it very important to you and that these pieces are also messages to convey right. you know, a, a, maybe a reverence for life and the planet. Yeah, I like that word, reverence. Um, so from the water series, from the swimming pools, then I started working with, it's funny, I saw, I didn't want to photograph swimmers at first in the water, but then they started getting into the frame. And I, then I included the swimmers that got in my in the photographs just by chance into my artworks. And I always thought that swimmers looked like insects in the water because when you're in the water, you move in a different manner, you move very, very awkwardly. And also I was fascinated by the sense that this water was so huge and, and people looked so small. So it was like this macrocosm and this microcosm. And we looked really like insects in a big pool. And um, so I said, okay, if people look like insects, I will remove these swimmers from the water and I will insert them in plants as if they were really insects. And that's how a new, a new series that I created at the moment came about that is called Mixed Nature, where I mixed nature, I mixed elements from different... Uh, natures, from the human nature, from the animal world, from uh, um, vegetation. And um, I created these worlds where 
humans looked like insects and were swimming around plants and um, leaves. And at that moment, I moved from Miami to Los Angeles, so many of those works present already vegetation from Los Angeles. And um, I think moving to Los Angeles really changed the way that I viewed the environment. Um, California has such a strong commitment to environmental issues um, that very soon I realized, or I started seeing that my work had a different meaning, that it had a broader meaning, that it didn't only talk about humans and nature, but it talked about how we relate to nature in terms of environmental issues, um, whether we're taking good care of it or not of the environment. And, um, and from there, I developed different series that were, I was always um, using different themes of nature. I used skies. Uh, then I created a series where nature was presented in a very dry state, in a very dramatic state. And um, then I created a series that is called Water Cities, where Los Angeles is invaded by water. So we see all these landmarks of Los Angeles uh, in being invaded by water or becoming different water receptacles, like the Walt Disney Concert Hall becoming a swimming pool or the Dodger Stadium becoming a swimming pool, or the highways becoming rivers. And from there, um, I worked on other things, and um, in 2017, I was reading an article about a piece of iceberg that had broken off Antarctica, and it was floating aimlessly in the ocean. And scientists were trying to figure out where this piece of iceberg was going to end up. And I found that that image, very poetic, fascinating, and dramatic at the same time. Uh, but I found a connection between that and my own life as an immigrant, um, living in another country, and the idea of drifting, and the idea of trying to find your, your final place to call home. Where are you going to end up? And that's how my iceberg series started. And because I was... I'm based in California, and at that time I didn't have the opportunity to travel to an iceberg place. I decided, and I've already been working with photography, I decided to create these photo collages uh, where I don't present the typical iceberg work. It's, kind of, it's a sort of like a National Geographic photograph of an iceberg. But these are um, surreal iceberg landscapes that are, I call them psychological landscapes because they are created with photo montages of photographs that I've taken in California of mountains, of pieces of ice, and I also combine them with photographs that I find in, on the internet, in encyclopedias, in magazines, and also my friends um, when they travel to other places where there are icebergs send me photographs. So um, these works combine my personal memory with a collective history. And that's why they look so weird and they have these weird uh, qualities and eerie feelings. Yeah, I was going to say eerie, but also beautiful at the same time. They're, they're very powerful. Thank you. And yeah. many of them, as you can see, they, um, they have miniature objects from the human world, like a ladder or a scaffold or a yeah. bridge. And, um, and they always talk about human invasion into nature and how we can even invade the most remote places on the earth.
if you go back to when you first did your first swimming pool underwater, it sounds like it was a bridge between the interiors you had painted and kind of stepping into nature. When did you depart from the swimming pool into like the ocean or a stream? <laughs> That's very interesting. Swimming pools, even though I, I started working with them almost 20 years ago, uh, it's an ongoing series. Okay. It's something that uh, people, uh, may, you know, my collectors in Miami identify me with. I did so many projects and public art projects with this swimming pool series uh, that it's really dear to my heart. And for me, it's still ongoing. I mean, everywhere... Now, of course, I have a better underwater camera than the disposable cameras from those days, but uh, I'm still fascinated by that world. It's very mysterious. and You know, it almost makes me think of the unconscious, like in a dream, because, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. It's like a body of contained, you know. Yes, yeah, like the brain. Like the, Yeah, you're so right about it. And it also, you can relate it as a, as a womb, because it's, it's like your womb. Yeah, and um, every and as I started developing this series, people were inviting me to different pools because all pools are different. Yes, and it's fascinating. And they and they also conduct light in a different that, manner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was even invited in, when I was in Miami to a pool that it was all made of uh, stainless steel. Wow. And when I went underwater, I felt like I was in a science fiction movie. Because exactly the light reflected in a totally different manner and the colors were unbelievable. Wow. And honestly, I have all that um, material and I, I haven't had a chance to create actual artwork and present it from, for example, that series of the, of the stainless steel pool. So again, I'm... I think there will come a chance and an opportunity to to bring those works to light and create actual bigger pieces from them. I'm really looking forward to, to that. So the photographs that you have, like where there might be a pink, bright pink sky behind a mountain or a, an eerie green sky in the desert, those are where you have either painted on or manipulated the color to create a landscape that is different than what we would normally see. What happened that led you into video and moving image? Um, actually, um, during, I think the lockdown, although, you know, was, of course, the, the lockdown due to COVID, we know, we all know what we went through, uh, but there are some positive aspects, in, at least in my life, about that, because of the, lo the lockdown, I went with my family on a road trip to, through the American West. I went th through California, Arizona, and Utah, and, um, and I was in Zion, in the National Park Zion, and I was standing by uh, the Narrows, uh, which is a river, and the, the water was um, going over some rocks, and um, I just stared at that beautiful um, moving image and the sound that the water was making as it was going over the rocks was totally mesmerizing and and I became kind of in a how can I call it I um, I was kind of sort of in a trance I would say and 
and I, I was thinking, I need to show this beauty to the world, to, to the audiences, but how? So I started taking a video footage of that, and I decided, okay, I want to create a, I, I want to document this, but photographs wouldn't do justice to the beauty of that movement and that sound. So I said, I, I, I definitely have to create video, a video piece. So that's how it came about. And the river was running horizontally, obviously. So I said, okay, I want to make a video of a river running horizontally, but I'm projected on, um, on the outside of a building. You know, since the river is running horizontally, it's not going to cover a lot of surface of the building. So I said, the only way to cover the whole building is if the water is running vertically. And when I was thinking of different options, I thought if the running is, is the if the water is running vertically, it makes more sense to create a waterfall than a river. And that's how my first uh, moving image piece uh, came about. And how did that lead to public art, which you're doing quite a lot of these days? Yes. I've always been uh, fascinated by public art, and, and I created some public art pieces in Miami. Then I moved to Los Angeles, and although I was really interested, there were not many opportunities uh, to, to create public art. During the pandemic, when institutions were closed, there were all these different projects that took artwork outside the walls of institutions and galleries onto the street. Uh, so I, there were these projects, there were these drive-by exhibitions where you exhibited artwork outside, then the, organize, the organizers created a digital map and people could download the map or the app and they could drive all over the city and see artworks installed outdoors. They could drive, they could walk, they could go on bikes. And um, that, so that was a great opportunity. What was that exhibit, the first one? Where you... So um, I came back to LA and I, um, I said I need to get, a, get an award or a grant to create this video. I applied to a few grants. I already had the proposal written down with some mock-ups and I told this to, um, I told about my plans to a curator. And this curator is part of a board uh, of an organization that was actually creating a public video uh, art project in downtown LA. And they were actually needing uh, artwork for a vertical wall. And this curator said, well, I know I have just the right artist for this wall. So that's how it all came about. And it came about so quickly. I was really lucky. And um, I was really thankful that this curator took a chance of me because, and this organization as well, because I had never created a video before, but they trusted me, they trusted my vision, and I was able to create my first uh, video ever, and it went on such a large and public scale that it was really a dream come true. And that has led to a lot of your practice now is doing public art. Yes, absolutely. Um, this video has been shown in different cities on, on, as part of public art um, events. Uh, then last year I also created another uh, video that was also part of Luminex. This um, project here in LA is called Luminex and it's organized by Now Art LA. And this has led, yes, to other opportunities of creating public art. And I'm also looking for new opportunities to create public art because 
not all the opportunities come to me. We, I'm always looking for new opportunities. Yes. It's very <laughs> exciting what you've done and what you're doing. Thank you. It really Thank is. you. Do you want to talk about what you, you want to be doing going yeah. forward? Well, right now, I'm working right now on a series of books. After my first road trip uh, was so successful and it was so inspiring, last year I decided to take another road trip to the same places. And um, I took uh, photographs of Lake Powell, which is a man-made, man and it's the second largest water reservoir in the United States, and it's drying up, and it's only full up to 25%. And I took more photographs of that lake, and they, I started presenting those photographs, um, in a very small uh, manner, uh, some of some of them were part of my exhibition on the verge, but that is a very big series that I'm developing. Um, I have all the raw material, and again, I'm I'm applying to grants and opportunities to develop this into a big series, which is not only a photographic series, but fo hopefully it can also be a book. And um, yes, I'm really excited about that. Very exciting. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor that you've come all the way here to Santa Monica to, yeah, to, to visit my studio. studio. Yes. It's been a pleasure to see. It's very inspiring. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>